From Yoga and Ayurveda Living, I am Kelly Marie Mills. This is The Dosha Life, a podcast for wellness seekers, curators of happiness, and lovers of healthy living. This podcast is for people interested in tools, remedies, and ancient wisdom coming from Yoga and Ayurveda. Welcome to my happy place. This is series six. We're officially on episode four, but we had two interviews in between three, so four, five. So we could call this episode six or four. <laughs> but it feels like a long time since I got back to you. So thank you for your patience. And we are on Ayurveda and Yoga on the gooey nature of the Kapha Dosha. I always think of Kapha as, well, like female. I am sure it's a total conditioning thing back in my day. It was like women were the carers and the nourishing benefactors of life. And that was one of many of their roles. I know it's been an incredible leap to how much better and rounded this role is nowadays, with men partaking wholeheartedly and happily in all aspects of raising a loving family. And I could go into all sorts of trying to reverse what I said, but I think most of you know what I mean, that the role of women has changed, but also the role of men has changed too. And it's really coming together, no matter if the family is a singular unit or a unit separated by accommodation and space. It really feels good to know that parents are changing the karma of childcare and family life. And they are all doing it together, working hard to create a strong foundation for the young people of this world. And I just want to, us all to remember that when we use the words Mother Earth, which I always think of Kapha is, that there is a lot of masculine in this feminine archetype. So I bow to the Mama and Papa Earth. We cover today the Kapha Dosha, but actually it's the subdoshas. If you remember, we were on subdoshas of Vata and Pitta the last time. And so the Kapha Dosha is the umbrella of the five parts or the stems of the star itself. It's not complete without all the five stems. And it's great to know that Kapha is the least causal source of problems or imbalances for the doshas. Kapha doesn't get us into too much bother, but when she does, the remedy can be sort of, well, a bit rough and tough, really. So we'll start first with the brain support, which is Tarpaka Kapha. And we all know how this is a pretty important element in life itself for our life support. We know that, and even just thinking of those words, life support, we know that kapha is all about cohesion and sticking everything together, combining everything, helping to create community and happy clappy, let's all join together sort of feelings, really being attached to finding ways to commune whether it is cohesion of the body, the mind, or the heart. And so when we think of the brain itself, what does cohesion look like? Well, it's the glue that sticks it all together. I always think, anytime I say that phrase, all together, I always think of that ad 20 years ago on telly, you know, where the couple, they were like, I don't know, 
Was it for a pension or getting a mortgage or something? And I know that they were sitting down and he puts his hand on her hand. And at the end, and he just kind of says, we want to be together. And then she sort of looks sideways at him and then looks back at the, the screen and kind of makes us think that I wonder, is that really what she wants? I, sorry, that's just a complete um, side off. But, you know, it's funny how marketing and memory and, and kaffa is very much about our long term memory. This tarpaka kapha is the tissue, the support. It means lubrication and nourishment of the nerves and, you know, all that stuff that comes with the physical workings of the brain. It is the cerebral spinal fluid. Tarpaka kapha is the long-term outcome of calmness to the brain because of its support. If you think of lack of fluid or hydration in the brain or overhydration, the nerves can't function properly either because of congestion or because they're too dried out. And both could be from a vata or pitta imbalance or kapha. But we all know what calm feels like, even if it's just a brief memory in our life. If you've ever been to the seaside, however, or even more so in a forest or woodland, nature is calming. And when kapha is impaired, when a bit broken down or depleted or in excess, we begin on a different path and calmness becomes less available and can quickly shift into abeyance, melancholy, and it could even stretch into nervousness or insomnia. So it's imba the imbalance of kapha is imbalancing vata. That's what happens. When one dosha comes out of balance, and there is no alleviation, then that dosha will move into other dosha's spaces and get right in their faces. As a rule, yoga increases calm, or what I call sattva, and it counterbalances all mind problems. But yoga can do that as long as it's done properly for the body type, and I'm talking about yoga as medicine through the Ayurvedic perspective. Yoga in Ayurveda is the mother of all remedies for the brain, for the mind. But why? Well, <laughs> you know, I'm going to say this, it's a no-brainer. <laughs> because yoga has so many fully developed facets within its wholeness, and nothing gets left behind with Ayurveda in the mix. Meditation is a part of a yoga practice, and it promotes the mental secretions of calmness, of acceptance, and of joy. Or at least, it brings us to the spaces where joy can seep out and seep into us. Meditation, as a part of a yoga practice, allows us to be present to all things in our life and develop systems that we can pause our reactions and come to the moment where it's a response. Being present to everything in our life can be the difference between cerebral spinal fluid completely supported or it becoming dry and depleted. Kapha's main active word, and you guys know this by now, is support, is cohesion. So all kapha sub subdoshas are to support the whole functioning system, i.e. this body. And when we start to really look at the doshas, it can help to have a little bit more understanding from this point on. So downloading, listening, and connecting with the first three series of this podcast can give you a good start. 
And you can connect directly with me on the Dosha Life with Kelly Facebook group. And you can always email me, ask questions anytime. And what happens when you download the episodes is you're helping to support Ayurveda's growth in home health, wellness, and simple tools to create happiness. What's wonderful is that we can actually use ourselves and our friends to see doshas alive in each other. So if someone is feeling a bit congested and heavy, you might recognize that that's kapha moving into aggravation. And kapha needs movement to shift congestion. And you could help by recommending a neti pot or nausea oil or breathing in and out through the nose a little bit better, giving them tips and tools about better breathing by moving their belly or if it's yourself as well, because that breath will actually help to shift the congestion, to shift the mindset, and to awaken the sense of being present so the congestion may not be so irritating. The next kapha subdosha is bodhaka, and it's the fluid of perception. It starts in the mouth and tongue as saliva, And you know how we've been talking about this a good bit. It allows us to taste our nourishment and it prepares our agni, our digestive power, to what's coming down through the alimentary canal. So here we can flag kapha problems straight away. A lack of taste, kapha is either too dry or too wet. Do you remember that experiment when you were a kid? And I used to give it to Cub Scouts years ago. And so you'd get them to dry their tongue and then you'd put some they they they'd put some salt on their tongue and you'd say can you taste the salt and they're like no and then you have them actually just close their mouth a bit and then the the fluid helps to hydrate the salt and then the salt awakens so this is the same thing that that's a kapha problem when there is none of that fluid none of that phlegm that saliva then there is a problem digesting the food And the same with too much phlegm. One of the remedies for for this subdosha is a simple symptomatic one. You can use ujjayi breath if you're familiar with it. It really helps to bring in that sense of drying into the, the throat, through the nose, the nasal cavities. But we really need a long-term remedy. And so I always recommend everyone first start to engage with the six tastes and making sure that you are getting the six tastes while you eat whatever meals you have. Make sure that there are six tastes within it. And if you are snacking, still try and get the six tastes in. Bodaka kapha has an upward-moving action, like it's moving up straight into the brain. Anything sensory gives us knowledge, and bodhaka kapha helps us with our perception of an experience of taste. Ultimately, it gives us a greater inner knowing and understanding of enjoyment or disliking majorly. So as we all evolve, we seek less of things that are in our face enjoyment, but more subtle, soothing forms of it. So if you think of like when we're eating really hot, spicy food, because we can't really taste much, the more we actually rebalance our kapha dosha, the more we'll notice that we only need very little spice so that we don't irritate our pizza dosha. I think there's another way of looking at it. You can look at different tastes like moving from heavy metal to classical music or moving from disco to ballet. 
I'd have a problem there because I like all of those. Not so much the heavy metal, actually, but I do love a bit of jazz. The third kapha subdosha is... The third subdosha is Avalambaka kapha, and it's, it is the main home site of kapha. So this is the one that we would look at initially when, if you come for a consultation or you do one of those quizzes online, that this is actually what they're driving home with, is to find out which one is most upset. And so the home site of kapha, well, everyone has to live somewhere, and kaphas have to live in the biggest and best accommodation ever. In the king's quarters, the squishiest, softest area of the body, the heart and lungs. And kaphas also have a second residential home in the stomach, but we come to that now in a moment. So we're talking the chest area when we talk about the lungs and heart. And imagine that if the lungs didn't have hydration, so phlegm, the gooey nature of the kapha dosha, this coating of phlegm which gives support, then all of the dryness in the lungs would happen so fast that our life support systems would be completely drained. The support that kapha offers throughout the body coming from this subdosha is plasma. And so, of course, the heart and lungs are needed to move the plasma around this very classy estate, which is our body. A valambaka does have a downward movement to keep everything moist and hydrated from the heart down, everything supported and cohesion and calmness to pervade throughout the body through the cells. So when someone tells you to calm down, you know that you could go and get cathogenic qualities into your life or into your food or breathing practices for kapha. Although it's great to see its benefit, this is one of the things we have to keep an eye on. This is the fourth and fifth chakra and this is the place of the emotional heart and the expression of the heart. This is the subdosha where if kapha is starting to get upset, it begins here, it could even end up with excess fluid in your ankles. So if you think of what we can do for kapha, I'm always saying that you know we have to motivate it and we have to move. Forward folds and back bends are a good short-term antidote for any kaphagenic chesty problems. What you'll find is that the forward fold you often feel more congested, but then as you rise up, that congestion is relieved. What we really need is good, strong, brisk walks, good, strong, brisk yoga practices, sun salutes to really build the heat of the body, to help to rebalance the energy of the body to the dullness of the plasma. Most importantly for kapha, especially if you have chesty problems, is to not miss a beat every day. Get down and do some sort of movement. And especially bowing to what you don't understand. And every day lift your arms up and give gratitude for all that you have. But at the same time, arm lifting has to do with heart health. And I always say in my yoga classes, our arms and hands they are the tools to express our loving heart. Even if it is broken or hurting, our body language is real. And the more we continue to open our heart, even as wounded as we may be, the more we have a chance of being inspired again. So that open-hearted 
movement is really bringing in prana, is really bringing in vata to rebalance kapha. And vata is all about dryness, you know, that's the movement creates dryness. So it's helping to dry out and rebalance kapha. The fourth subdosha is kledaka. And this is the kapha dosha, the kapha subdosha that moistens everything. It's the site in the stomach. It sits as alkaline secretions in the mucosic lining of the digestive system. And without those secretions, the fire of Agni would be re raging so much like the past year's Californian forest fires. This kledaka kapha, the stomach kapha, is affected by how we chew most especially, or how we don't chew, or that we really don't chew enough. I've been trying to. It's, it's really not easy. And if the food is not liquefied enough for kapha by kapha, its acidic nature of kledaka doesn't work, and it just creates a whole big bent-out shape of bananas effect on our whole digestive system. Everything goes doolally and out of balance, and that's how we get quickly out of balance. And so it can create a, an almost immediate vata problem, or a very heaviness and dullness straight after eating for kapha, that we want to go to sleep, showing that it is a kapha problem coming up, that the phlegm is actually kind of blocking the digestive system, not helping the stomach work better, or completely. And it's mainly excess phlegm showing up in all the wild and wonderful ways of kapha problems. In its best outcome, it works in tandem with our main pitta subdosha, this stomach kapha. It helps to protect the body from our fiery infernal friend. The remedy of, or the antidote, is chew your food, and chew your food again, and then chew it again. And make sure that it's more or less hard to chew your food before you swallow. It's a big ask, but you will find that actually you feel so much better. But one of the big things to note is that once you start really chewing your food, you will know when you're actually full. The problem with not chewing our food is that we're not really able to understand the signals coming because we're moving so fast to put food into us. And the more we slow down our eating, our eating patterns and bringing sacredness into our daily meals, trying to enjoy them without an electronic device, without a book, just sitting with the food in unity with whoever we are sitting with, is that we start to begin to notice exactly what we're doing. And that's part of this practice, this antidote, is to really begin to eat a meal. And then once you've eaten the meal, and so you can bring your hands to your stomach, and you just place your hands on your stomach. And when you breathe out, you encourage the light of a golden sun to radiate into your digestive system. Every exhale for about three minutes, just sitting and enjoying the warmth uh, that the food is giving you. You know that it's being transformed into energy and pitta dosha is waking up and you might notice if you have excess, excess kapha, you might even get a runny nose because pitta is alive and working. Finding those moments where we can really sit after our meal can actually be very life-changing and diet-changing. 
The last thing to bring in before you leave from your meal is to keep looking into what you have yourself in your life. To keep focusing on what we have and how we can nourish this, how we can support this, how we can support the community around us. And then we have less time to consider the things that we don't have, the things that other people have. Both of them are very kapha traits, but the more we can increase the kapha trait that helps with contentment and happiness, the more that will arrive. And last, but as usual, none of these are least. Sleshaka kapha is the lubricating subdosha, and it's the, the one that manages our joints. And it has to do with all the synovial fluid in the correct amounts. It also has to do with how mobile our joints are and if they have ease or not. If arthritis has started to develop, then kapha normally becomes disrupted. It could be that kapha gets disrupted from too much heat or dryness, but it could also be strong congestion. Arthritis really shows up for Sleshaka because that's its main, its main imbalance. And this can be for any joint in the body. This kapha, its main action, is an outward energy, and it gives us our stabilizing strength. So if you can think of that as it manages the joints, if the joints are deficient, if they are not working properly, our stabilization is completely pooped out. All the subdoshas are so important. But for this subdosha, especially yoga practice daily of a sun or a moon salute, it is one of the best pre preventative medicines that we could offer anyone. It is to be done in the form of your prakriti, if possible, because that will help rebalance your vikriti. But if you have a very strong vata vikriti, then you should always stick to a vata form of sun salute or moon salute. Why am I saying that? It's just that initially we may have to work symptomatically for current imbalances to engage the slow development of the body strength, the body awareness, and the body flexibility. And you'd actually be so surprised how fast it all comes. Vinyasa flows are important, but they need tweaking for the dosha balance, like I was saying. And what it teaches us is we learn wisdom from our own imbalance. So whatever you do or whatever you are doing, go gently with what your body is trying to tell you. And I feel like a lot of what I'm starting to teach is more about bringing awareness to where the doshas are in the body so people can find them, so that you can find ways to work with your body, opening it out, and really nourishing the body through the doshas, uh, through Ayurveda, through the system of Ayurveda. Like all things Ayurveda, we come with a kit bag of wonderful antidotes and remedies. But in the long term, we have to begin with awareness. And it's not just awareness of, oh yeah, I'm sitting down and I'm chewing my food, and then I, you know, I'm on my phone scrolling through Instagram or whatever, and I'm very aware that I'm scrolling through Instagram. The awareness we're trying to build is an awareness that's cultivated through non-harming, through inner truthfulness to our boundaries and our freedom. And of course, all of these recommendations, they're related to anyone who is in a stable environment or whose 
body is not too much out of balance. So if your body is very imbalanced, just go very gently and make sure and speak to your GP first. And finding a good source of a holistic science or medicine or alternative health practitioner can be two good places to start. That's it for today. Uh, I think when I met someone there recently who was saying that they, you know, they, a lot of people seem to have this vision of kapha as being overweight and sleeping a lot. What this woman was saying that she was really glad that she had kapha now because she didn't understand actually how important kapha was for the whole health of this world, for the community, creating small communities and really trying to help sustain health for everyone. And that's what kapha does. Kapha really wants us all to be thriving. They only get overweight if they perhaps are eating foods that are, are not good for them, if they're not moving their body enough and having that, that motivation, the mental motivation and physical motivation to shift and to really become enthusiastic in their life. That's kind of what kapha really needs. So if you found some nice information here and you want to support the podcast, well, help it grow if you could. All you have to do is continue to download the episodes. You can go into the show notes and there's a link to actually support the podcast monetarily by buying me a coffee, as it's called. But it's just a tiny donation. And other than that, thank you so much for listening and thank you for coming into this. Maybe that's one of the reasons why I started this podcast was creating community, creating a little bit of support for everyone. And yeah, I look forward to chatting to you all in the next episode. Bye for now. This podcast is run solely by me. <laughs> and if you are enjoying any of this information, you can happily support my efforts by clicking the link in the description. It's called Buy Me a Coffee, but actually it's donations. And all donations are really, really so helpful. Writing a review, of course, on Apple Podcasts super helps. It would be great to have more and it would be great to have more ratings. Um, yeah, it's really nice to hear from people. Okay, take care. Bye for now.